Let's get educated. That's why we're here, to bring you the stories impacting K-12 classrooms and college campuses. It's time for a little education. Greetings and salutations, everyone. I am Katie Petrick, joined by Mr. David Fiorazzo. Yes. And we got some good stuff to talk about, as we always do. Now, before we get to it, of course, we're going to tell you a little bit about what we've been talking about all week long and for the past couple months. Freedom Project Academy, our K-12 Judeo-Christian classical online school, is enrolling students for the fall. And we'd love for you to take a little look-see. Now, your child or your grandchild or your niece or your nephew or your neighbor, we don't know, can enroll full-time or just take one class with us. Now, you need to request your free information packet today at freedomforschool.com. That's freedomforschool.com to get started. All right, friends. You know what time it is. If you've been following this show and watching for any length of time, it's Thursday. That means Alex Newman is going to let us know what story he has to share with us this week and what can we be informed and maybe a little irked about. Hey, Alex. Thanks, guys. Yeah, awesome to be here. Now, uh, this, this is a, a story that I think is, is really fun, really exciting. I, actually, I was contacted by somebody who's a, a big player in Oklahoma politics and said, Alex, you have to see this. And, uh, you know, I, I've got some disagreements with some of the education things that they're doing, but this is just an awesome story. So uh, the teachers' unions have uh, really declared war on uh, the Republicans and on especially uh, the Oklahoma Superintendent of Public Instruction, Ryan Walters, uh, because he is, imagine this, trying to empower parents, trying to reward successful teachers, and trying to bring some sanity into the classroom, stop the indoctrination, things like that. Uh, the unions are absolutely losing it. They are going totally crazy. Uh, and, and they're mad, really, because Walters has been calling them out and and in plain English, explaining what they're doing, uh, basically indoctrinating kids. Uh, and, you know, he's used some language that the unions have described as inflammatory. And, uh, you know, maybe you could describe it as inflammatory, but uh, he, he described the teachers' unions as terrorist organizations. And uh, they were really mad about that, as you can imagine. Uh, he, he explained that they are indoctrinating children, that this is Marxism. Uh, he said his predecessor, who was, a, of course, a Democrat, had run the government school system into the ground. He had left the, she had left an absolute dumpster fire. And, of course, he's absolutely correct. I mean, to be fair, the dumpster fire uh, was not— um, started all by uh, the former superintendent of public schools in Oklahoma. The dumpster fire has been burning for a long time, but you know, throwing gasoline on a dumpster fire is never very helpful. Uh, now, uh, this is not the first time that very high-level people have called the teachers' unions terrorist organizations and called them out. Uh, former U.S. Secretary of Education Rod Page, he actually described the National Education Association as a terrorist organization. That was in 2004. This was almost uh, two decades ago. Uh, more recently, and we reported this here at the Newman Report, uh, former Secretary of State Mike Pompeo said that these uh, teacher union bosses were some of the biggest threats facing our country, worse than China, worse than you know some of the terrorist regimes he was dealing with. Uh, and and you know I happen to agree; these are really serious threats, and, and they're more subtle because you know we don't normally think of what's happening in the schools as a threat to our country, but it is. Right? Even uh, Ronald Reagan, when he put together the National Commission on Excellence in Education, uh, they they concluded that this so-called education system was now a threat to the future of our nation, a, th a threat to the future of our people. They said if a foreign power had done this to us, we would have viewed it as an act of war. And of course, the teachers' unions are critical players in all of this. They're not the only players, but they are critical players in this. And so uh, the uh, Walters, the uh, state superintendent of public schools there in Oklahoma, 
Uh, he released a video. They're calling it a, a public service message. <laughs> it's, it's positively brilliant. Uh, we're not going to show you the whole clip. It's a little bit over five minutes. We're going to show you a couple excerpts from it, though. It is so good. It, it, I, I wish every Republican state would do something like this. But check this out. And we want to completely have full choice for parents, full education freedom here in Oklahoma. Parents will be in charge of our education system, not these woke teachers unions. We will say gay. We will say trans. We will use the words that validate our students and their families. Words that encourage them to walk in their authenticity. One of my students uh, felt safe enough to share his pronouns with me. Once the class knew that I knew, they all switched pronouns. They're second graders. Like, I want to talk about minor attracted persons. They've not chosen this attraction, so you don't get to choose to be heterosexual or to be gay. And you don't get to choose to be a minor attracted person. The term pedophile has moved from being a diagnostic label to being a judgmental, hurtful insult. I'm going to call him that. We're gonna call them Max, no. minor attracted persons. No. So don't judge people just because they wanna have sex with a five-year-old. This week we are chatting with Maya Kobe. This book, like you said, Young Adult Experience. A book like this or any book that sort of explored specifically non-binary identity would have probably taken 10 years of like confusion and uncertainty out of my life. Uh, you know, again, I, I've got a few disagreements with uh, the superintendent there, but that is powerful stuff. And uh, you can see why the unions are so mad. Right? I mean, he, he's exposing them. And he, he actually said himself, you know, in, in a red state like Oklahoma, people are conservative. Even a lot of the teachers are conservative. And so the problem is not that Walters is calling out the teachers unions. The problem is that they're, they're terrified that they're going to be losing members for obvious reasons. So uh, the OEA, the Oklahoma Education Association, boy, are they mad. They are spitting mad. Uh, they're claiming uh, falsely that the video was creatively edited and intentionally misrepresented OEA members. Uh, they never actually explained how that it misrepresented them. I mean, it, it, do they specifically denounce the things that these woke NEA leaders are saying, that we're going to teach your kids trans, we're going to teach your kids homosexual stuff? No, of course, they don't denounce that, right? They're all on the same page. And so, as Walters pointed out, the teachers' unions are terrified that they're going to lose members. Uh, and they should lose members. Why should a teacher give some of his or her or their, uh, to use the modern pronouns, their salary to uh, to a woke teachers' union like this? So OEA uh, attacked him viciously on Twitter. They said that uh, Oklahoma see this as a desperate attempt to raise a politician's profile at the expense of our neighborhood schools, as if we had neighborhood schools anymore, right? Uh, they blasted his inflammatory and dangerous accusations. Uh, and then they promise that we don't really care what you do. We don't really care what the people vote for, to quote here. We will continue to do this work long after political opportunists move on to their next grip. In other words, vote for whoever you want. We're going to keep doing this to your kids. And if you don't like it, tough. Right? And, and there is really a simple answer to this. Just get your kids out. Uh, now, the superintendent has also pointed out that the government schools are failing. Uh, I would say they're very successful, and you know, depending on whose perspective you're looking at, because as he pointed out, uh, the kids can't read. They can't do math. Right, 34% of Oklahoma students were reading on grade level. It's actually much worse than that. Uh, in Tulsa Public Schools, uh, less than 20% are reading on grade level. And if you've watched these programs, you know that that really uh, doesn't even come close to capturing the enormity of this problem.
Now, uh, Walter's office uh, did hit back against uh, some of these uh, accusations. He's pointed out that you know we're protecting teachers and things like that. We got more in the uh, the written version of the Newman report, so you can go see that. But I'll tell you what: a lot of people are coming to his defense. A lot of teachers are coming to his defense. A lot of religious leaders, uh, Catholic leaders, evangelical leaders. Uh, you know, all, all kinds of people are coming to protect him. And and you know what? The teachers' unions—they're terrified that they're going to lose members. They should be, uh, thanks to um, Rebecca Friedrichs, wonderful, wonderful lady. Uh, you know, she sued the teachers' unions went all the way up to the Supreme Court, paved the way for teachers to be able to, no matter what state they live in, exit the unions, a union exit, if you will. So we're thankful for Rebecca, we're thankful for uh, Superintendent Walters, and we're thankful for all those who are trying to protect children from this madness. Uh, the union is terrified. Their political minions, their political prostitutes who they put into office are terrified. I say good. They should be. Thanks, guys. Today's episode is brought to you by Freedom Project Academy. Looking for a K-12 classical online school built on Judeo-Christian values? FPA is enrolling now for the fall. Request your free information packet at freedomforschool.com. That's freedom, F-O-R, school.com. Praying to God in public and believing biblical principles are now dangerous activities in America. Two elderly pro-life men in Baltimore found this out by standing in front of a business that murders babies. If you're not on board with their agenda, it can now get you attacked and sent to the ER. They were brutally assaulted, one needing to have surgery to repair fractured facial bones and have metal plates inserted. More on this in a minute. I'm David Fiorazzo, and this is Christ and Culture. This latest violent attack took place outside of Planned Parenthood as an activist beat and sent two elderly Republicans to the hospital last week, and you probably didn't see this on the news. Here's a photo of Mark Crosby, 73 years old, at the scene of the crime right afterwards. Police confirmed that a defender of abortion brutally assaulted Dick Schaefer and Mark Crosby, two older pro-life advocates. So how did the local media frame it? The victims were called anti-abortion rights demonstrators. That's right. They were peacefully praying on a public sidewalk. Now, peacefully. Not to be confused with the Marxist social justice allies of the Black Lives Matter Global Network Foundation that caused dozens of deaths in 2020 and millions and millions of dollars in damages across the country and were called mostly peaceful protesters. So unreleased surveillance footage of the Baltimore assault and witnesses have confirmed that the unhinged Democrat tackled Schaefer to the ground and kicked Crosby in the face with extreme force. The abortion activist reportedly threatened, saying, if you know what's good for you, you'll stay away from here. Now, according to reports, Schaefer has been recovering at home while Crosby was treated at the hospital due to the fact the plate bone in his upper right cheek is completely fractured and he was bleeding from an unidentified area behind his eye. The bone eye orbit is completely shattered and he had to have surgery. Author and journalist Alex Newman asserts the truth will outlast evil and the lies. He declares this, violence against Christians is being normalized and promoted by the media and the government. 
Christians should pray for those who think violence will silence the truth about God, abortion, or any other issue. The truth will stand. The lies will fall. Be patient. Wise words, Mr. Newman. Now, the Baltimore assault happened days after news surfaced about the case of a pro-abortion terrorist in Lake Odessa, Michigan. Richard Harvey shot retired nurse and pro-life grandma Joan Jacobson with a gun and will only receive community service for the crime of shooting a woman. Now, imagine if it were a Christian, a conservative, a Republican who shot someone. Easy, right? Easy to think about that. Well, in the Baltimore assault, nobody has been arrested, even though police have video from security cameras. A witness of the attack told police it all began with a debate over abortion rights. Rights? They keep using that word. I do not think it means what they think it means. Inconceivable. The, United, the Constitution of the United States mentions the right to life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness. Nowhere does it mention a right to deny life to others. Now, things have escalated dramatically since the overturning of the unjust, wicked Roe v. Wade law last year. Life News, for example, has documented 300 abortion-related attacks in the last year alone. This is nothing new and is a tragic trend that seems to be going virtually unchecked. Now, I've reported and warned for several years and wrote a book called Canceling Christianity. Christians, churches, Republicans, pro-life organizations are now practically fair game when it comes to assault and violence. Take note of the silence from nearly all Democrats as very few seem willing to denounce these increasing attacks. Now, many leftists gleefully cheer as their leaders divide people into groups. They stoke the fires of animosity. And as a result, we've seen a tidal wave of arson, vandalism, death threats, and other crimes just in recent years. Now, according to the Family Research Council, hostility against churches has also skyrocketed, nearly tripling in the last four years. FRC found a total of 420 documented acts of hostility that occurred between January 2018 and September 2022. Now, the types of acts identified include vandalism, arson, gun-related incidents, bomb threats, and more. Now, Jesus told believers, his followers, to remember that since they hated him, they'll also hate us as well. So what can you do? Don't be silent. Don't back down. Always be loving and respectful and compassionate. But active compassion does tell people the truth, even as people are becoming intolerant toward God and biblical principles. One more thing. Jay Walton, president of the Baltimore County Right to Life, is asking for people to make donations to help Mark Crosby recover and has set up a GoFundMe page for Crosby to help defray the costs associated with his medical bills. And that's linked to this blog. Um, as of this report, Crosby is in stable condition after ongoing treatment in the shock trauma unit of the University of Maryland Medical Center. Please help raise awareness about these news stories defend life, love others, and do what the liberal media refuses to do. Tell the truth and share the facts. God bless you and keep speaking the truth about things that matter. Today's show is sponsored by our friends at MyPillow. 
Save up to 66% on pristine quality bedding, towels, slippers, signature pillows, and much more when you use the code EDUCATED. That's E-D-U-C-A-T-E-D, EDUCATED. Support this show and a great American company. So where in the Bible does it say that you can't be trans? Jesus was trans. That's right. He was born of a virgin mother, so he could have only had X chromosomes. Where would the Y have come from? My point is that wearing a cross or identifying as Christian doesn't inherently make you a moral authority on anything. Including the word of God. God made trans people. You just don't like that he made us extra cute. Um, I'm going to go with a big fat no on that one, sister. I'm happy you put your faith in God. But I think you need to brush up on just um, basically any of the passages of Scripture if you think that somehow God was trans and Jesus was trans. Either way, we're off to the races, people. And I think it's only fitting that we head to Lincoln Elementary School in Olympia, Washington, where fourth and fifth graders were recently given unapproved sex ed lessons. Parents say these lessons were, of course, provided by Planned Parenthood and included information on puberty blockers. And, of course, an illustration of a gender wheel was also provided, which told the 10 and 11-year-olds they could identify as any gender that they wish to be. But, but if there's any gender they wish to be, then that wheel is just, it's going to be infinite. They, they don't have enough spokes on that wheel to accommodate all of the genders that we just keep coming up with. How is this going to work? Wait, it doesn't work. That's the kicker because there are two, two genders, male and female. That's how God made them. Now, we're not going to stop there, especially in the holy time that is Pride Month. We must not only indoctrinate the children in the classroom, but we must force them to proudly support the Rainbow Mafia by marching through the hallways and playground chanting, Love is love. Let's go. Was it was that from inside prison walls? Because it looks like they're just out in the yard of a prison. And they're about ready to start a riot. But I guess that's what American classrooms look like these days. And of course, you may be asking, you know, where are these kids learning this stuff? I just don't get it. There can't be that many teachers vocally pushing the LGBT blah, 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 worship inside the sacred halls of academia, right? Well... I give you the faculty that not only wave the rainbow flag, but they sell it to make money for the cause. I don't think Diana Ross approves, or maybe she does, and if she does, whatever for her. But why is that what our teachers are spending their time and energy on doing? 
How are, how are our kids' reading scores? How are the math scores? Hmm? Oh, yeah. That's right. And since teachers have their rainbow agenda covered in the classroom and on the playground, what about when the little darlings are going to go home? Well, thankfully, there's a solution that's been created as Lyman High School in Florida has decided to provide a guide to gender and sexuality as part of their annual yearbook. So, hey, it's enshrined. So when you're adding a fun little message to your friend's book, you know, you'll never have to feel embarrassed by not knowing the definition of how he, she, they, meow, identify. Meow identifies. Man, you're going to look back at that yearbook in 20 years and just burn it for many other reasons in addition to that. But I don't know about you. I, I think I've seen enough rainbows for one week and one whole lifetime. So I will leave you with a pot of gold that will hopefully lift your spirits and help you move right along. Oh yeah, you know, that cow was uh, playing fetch with a ball, as, as you saw and heard. And it's a fitting ending to this segment. Because guess what? This is my favorite month of the year. You know why? Because it's also dairy month. So thank you for getting to see that lovely cow. Now, we're going to end this segment. And again, I said it was fitting because even the cow has clearly forgotten what animal it identifies as. And it's going to wrap up this segment. But as always, you can be sure that there will be plenty more craziness next week. Until then, stay sane, America. If you have a smartphone, tablet, Roku, or Apple TV, consider downloading the Freedom Project media app. It's 100% free and includes all of our weekly shows, plus lecture series, archive programs, and award-winning animated videos for families like the Presidential Minute, Battles of America, and Heroes of the West. Don't rely on the social media giants to keep you informed. Simply download the Freedom Project media app from your app store and allow notifications. And we'll let you know when a new video is ready. Katie Patrick. Yes, yes, that is you, my name. You have two little ones. Right? And when Two you toddlers. go out to eat as a family, do you order off the menu for them or do you bring your own food? Now, uh, number one, that implies that we go out to eat. Which we, <laughs> You've <laughs> you done You want to take a three and a two-year-old out to eat? We actually honestly have not been out that often with the littles because they're COVID babies and no one was going out to eat like for several years. And so we got accustomed to it. But anyway, okay, uh, that's a great question. I'd have to think about it. Okay, so Katie mm. does not bring her own food if, if she would imagine herself going out to eat with her family. Yeah. But Carly Smith, 21-year-old mom from Ohio, has divided the internet with her latest TikTok video that talks about how she prepares meals for her two young children when the family does go out to eat. And I want to show you the video that already has more than a half a million views. And then we'll take a look at some of the positive <laughs> and some of the negative thoughts that were shared. Here we go. Call me cheap, call me whatever, but if we're going out to a restaurant, I'm packing my kid a meal. I do this for many reasons. On Friday nights, my family and I get together, and tonight we're getting food out. Um, my son is not getting food out. For one, you want me to pay $6.99 for chicken tenders and fries that my son is going to throw half of it on the floor. 
You're crazy. Also, whatever I pack is probably gonna be healthier than what the restaurant has anyways. Tonight on the menu, peanut butter and jelly, bananas, mild cheddar cheese cubes, and a chocolate Lara bar. Also, when we get to a restaurant, my child is not waiting for anyone to take his order. He wants to eat now. I can just hand him this and let him go to town. Also, my child is not opinionated. He does not care what he eats. He just wants to eat. Now, if he said to me, mom, I want a grilled cheese, okay. Also, I usually get him a chocolate milk because that's his little takeout treat. And after he finishes his food, he's usually eating off my plate. Practical. Interesting. Now, yes. before David and I give our actual two cents worth, here's what the internet had to say about <laughs> Carly's money-saving idea. We're going to start with the negatives. Let's get them out of the way. This is so wrong. No, ma'am, we don't do this. I work to give my kids whatever they want, especially when it comes to going out to eat. <laughs> Another, maybe don't bring your children then. <laughs> Seems like you were teaching him that he will always be catered to immediately. No patience. Maybe teach him table manners He has to, and he has to wait. Not to worry, again, there were some others who actually supported Carly's parsimonious nature, as I like to say. Listen, my child would much rather have Lunchables than anything on that menu. Uh -huh. We go out to dinner once a month as a treat, and I let my three-year-old get something from the restaurant. I also bring puffs for her to snack on. Yes. As a mother to an autistic to toddler who only eats select foods, I love this. Someone says, I would do it. My kids are picky, picky in picky. all caps. And you can tell who's a parent and who's not in the comments. <laughs> I see both sides to this. Now, yeah. she never said how old her kid was. Oh. Because I think that makes a huge difference. A three and a two-year-old, I'm more on the bring your own food. Yeah. And, and she I do was bring very healthy and, and good. Yeah. Good food she was bringing. And I also... I, and she was 21 years... I, the mom was 21. This is true. Yeah. So you would think she probably got... You would yeah. assume she would have young. Okay? Yeah. At the same time, like, I have a, I, one of my children has allergies up the wazoo. Like, that's also probably contributes to why we don't go is because I don't know, you know, what she can have and mm -hmm. what she can. I'm going to keep her safe. But I do give them, when we have gone out, like, I brought, like, snacks for them. <laughs> like, and honestly, I'm a child at heart. So I just get, I would get the kids menu item because I love chicken tenders. I love mac yeah. and cheese. I love pizza. And I would just probably eat what my kids didn't eat because I'm cheap parsimonious and so that way i wouldn't waste the money so then i could be like well then i would be on the other side where i'd get the food they have there but then i would i would not be ordering an adult menu well really what would you do? really really know. young kids yeah. are they don't know we're supposed to wait for someone to come and we tell them what we want and then it takes a while then we have to wait longer they don't have any concept of they sit down at the table at home, yep. mom or dad puts food in front of them. They, sure. they eat right then when they sit down. So, I mean, going out is an opportunity then to learn True. how to do that. Yes. You can also teach them that at home. So, okay. like, this is an interesting one, I guess. <laughs> you see points on both sides of it. Yeah. So, anyway, let us know what you think about it. But that's going to wrap up Educated for the week. Uh, David, yes. we've learned all that we can learn. Always. In in one week's time. Yep. That's all we have for now. <laughs> Well, for Katie and myself, thanks for watching, listening, sharing, and supporting the show. And until next week, stay educated, America. Educated is directed and produced by Mike Menzel. Hosted by Katie Petrick and David Fiorazzo. Makeup and hair by Katie Scholl. Graphics designed by Dan Kaler. Educated is owned by Freedom Project Media. 
see other shows and content at freedomproject.com or download the Freedom Project media app. Copyright 2023.